sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. We back, back with another video, back with another episode of the Dynasty Years podcast, man. Yeah. It has been a while since we've had the whole squad here, but today we felt like it was necessary to bring everybody here together so we can have kind of a more serious talk than typical, you know, uh, First off, you know what am I doing? I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm excited. We got the whole crew here. It's your boy Darius Capers. Kung Fu Cape on the Twitch. Darius underscore Capers at Darius Capers. I'm gonna let everybody go around and introduce themselves, man. Go and start with you, Hen. What's up, party people? It's your favorite OC, the big Hennessy himself, Hen Doggy Dog. Our roof, our roof, the roof is on fire. What's happening? It's your boy Henry Capers. Man, you can check me out on all my socials. Long live my reign, all caps. You can also check me out on the Capers Cares Foundation. Man, so glad to be here in 2023 with my guys. My boys made it. We made it, y'all. 2023, we're here. Let's do it. Kurt? Hey, you know, hey, things are happening, you know. It's your boy, Kurt. Things are happening. Yeah, you know. At I am Kane Vincent on Instagram and Twitter now. You know, your boy got a yeah, Twitter. Yeah, that boy on Twitter. Yeah. Your boy, got, your boy just got a Twitter, you know what I'm saying? So, oh, hey. man, we're going to have to check your browser history. Oh, boy, you don't want to see it. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Hey, y'all follow your boy on Instagram and Twitter at I am Kane Vincent on all of it. And, you know, it's good to be back. You know, I've been working like, <laughs> like nobody's other, you know, but it's okay. We back in here. Thanks. And last but not least, the two commanders, the commander twins, mm. Man, Alex, go and let y'all boys introduce Alex, Alex flipped his robe open like he ain't had no shirt under there. Like, <laughs> I, let, I, let, I let Alex go <laughs> last. He looked like he, he won the spotlight. Look, yeah, what's wrong with you? 36830 on Instagram. I'm, I'm happy to be back with y'all fellas in the new year. Happy new year, fellas. Uh, let's get to mm. the good topics. Sorry, sir. Your boy Alex, co-host with the most, the one that will be outside of your girl window with his boombox. Follow me at uh Instagram Tingo Bands. That's one zero G O L D B A N Z underscore. Um, I was just joking about the boombox, but I do have it. He said um, I'm gonna be inside the house. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna be outside. You gonna be outside. I'm gonna be inside. <laughs> you hear the JBL? Just know I'm. Being- Y'all just need that JB Ellen. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Yeah, like they mentioned, we're excited to be back with another full slate episode for you guys. And uh, this is going to be kind of a different episode, man. Um, like I said, it's a little more of a serious topic than we typically do. Uh, we wanted to specifically come to you guys and have a conversation regarding an event that transpired uh last well actually this monday's game between the cincinnati Bengals and the buffalo bills so uh the game was canceled it was a major game for playoff implications but that is the least of everybody's concern everybody's worries uh the game was canceled at 7-3 in the first quarter because one of the safeties for the buffalo bills damar hamlin he went in to make a tackle on wide receiver t higgins and the collision it was kind of an awkward collision, and he ended up going down uh, with with a a traumatic episode. Actually, they said he went into cardiac arrest off of the collision, and so um, 
they like I mentioned, they ended up canceling the game and they're going to do provisions to help the, the, the seating and stuff of that nature. But that's not our concern whatsoever, man. Before we start on the topic, we all want to send a dynasty ears get well soon to DeMar Hamlin. This did take place on Monday. We are recording this on Friday. So since then, he has regained feeling on his on his of his hands, his feet, been able to start moving. He's able to breathe without assistance. And so it's looking like he's he's going to pull through and he's going to be OK. So we want to thank God for that. There were a lot of prayers that went up for him from a lot of people that knew him, a lot of people that didn't really know him, but just cared about the person. So. First off, I just want to get everybody's uh, introducting introductory like feelings on it. I don't know if you guys saw the game live, if you saw it happen, but we'll just go around the room and just kind of just get your guys' initial take on it. I'll, I'll start with the, the former players. Uh, Reese, I'll start with you. Um, as far as my feelings go, uh, it's hard to know even how to feel about this, um, knowing that it could have happened to anybody at any moment. Um, especially the fact that it was a, I mean, that's a normal tackle that happens every day in the NFL mm-hmm. on every down, nearly every down, every play, and not even just the NFL, you know, you got college, you got high school, you got little league, you know, it could have happened to anybody on any given day. And my feelings for that are, uh, I don't know, they're, it's a little suppressed right now because I just don't know how to feel. Uh, I, I feel I feel strongly for this young man. I'm glad he's doing better. I hope his life isn't as affected as it will be possibly um, by this, by this occurrence, but uh, I pray for his family. I pray for him and my, my, my best wishes go out to him. Really. Amen. Henry, let's go to you next, man. You have a pretty strong football tie as well. I know you used to, you used to play and you also coach. So what are your feelings of seeing that happen to tomorrow? Yeah, um, I can tell you where I was uh, when I saw the hit. I was actually trying to stream the game out. I was uh, I was in Las Vegas and I was driving back to L.A. And um, I was trying to stream the game on my phone, sitting in traffic. And I was actually sitting in the car with two athletic or or physical. What, what would be the word? Right. An athletic trainer and a physician like like both of them specialize in the human body, specialize in people, specialize in athletes. Right. And um, I got word that the game had been paused. And so I was trying to figure it out, trying to get to it. And then they said they were, uh, they were talking about how significant the, uh, the tackle was. And at initial thoughts, I was thinking that maybe it might be like a significant leg break or significant leg fracture. Like we've seen many times before in the league. You know, and it's just one of those things where you got to cart them off. But then I, I started catching wind that the CPR needed to be be facilitated and all kind of these crazy things. And my mind was just my mind was spiraling because I did not know <clears throat> what necessarily had transpired. I think everybody was kind of in that place where it was a significant pause. Even when you saw the replay, it was like, oh, well, maybe he's got a concussion. Maybe he's knocked out. Maybe something may have happened. But then we later found out to the extent in which his injury uh, which the his injury that he sustained was, uh, I can tell you that listening to those two people that talked a little bit about the injury when I showed them what the injury looked like, <clears throat> it was right along uh, right along the lines of what they saw and what they verbally diagnosed. 
and um it's it's a it's a scary reality it's a scary reality that this can happen on the field uh i grew up with the mantra that you play this game you're willing to die on this field you know you you, you play this game you're willing to leave it all out here and um i want to say thank you to demar <clears throat> because he played the game he's he played that game monday with that intention Right. I hate that this happened to him. I don't wish this on anyone. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I'm truly grateful to see that he was committed to a game I love so much and he loves so much in such a uh, a beautiful way. Right. Like, I think we're oftentimes talking about, you know, the sadness of it. Right. I'm glad to know he's OK. And I, I, I want to be in high spirits for him. I want my prayers. I want my thoughts to go with him to lift his spirits. The kid is a player, man. The kid is a player. The kid is a player, a player, a player, dog. I cannot say anything else about it. It's so many people who have come out and spoke about how good of a a person he is. And so that injury scared me. But once I heard how tough he was, once I heard how respected he is, and once I heard the toughness he had to keep fighting in the midst of that. I want to celebrate him. I want to celebrate his strength. I want to celebrate his power. I want to celebrate that this young man is a part of the game that I love because he's the character. He's the embodiment. He's the essence of the greatest pieces of football. He is the gold standard. He is the epitome of what it is to play this game and I hope that he has a chance to be able to fulfill everything in this life that he wants. You know, I hope that he gets back to a hundred percent health. Even if he decides to never play this game again, I hope that there aren't any limit limitations that he has on his life because he is the gold standard. I'm, I'm, I'm in awe of his fight and his drive. Appreciate those words, bro. Um, I'm gonna go to Kurt next because Kurt, I Henry told me that you've I know you've mentioned you ref uh football before. Yeah. He also mentioned that you have some type of like experience being around the game for a long time as well. So just you seeing that, what were what were your feelings on it, man? So it's kind of similar to like Henry. That that's one of those things that's, you know, very very unfortunate because it's it's not nothing that you can just predict and be like, oh, it happened because of this. It's just one of those things, you know, that just happened. And like you said, it could have happened to anybody. It could have been somebody on the sideline. could have been somebody in the stands. And whether, you know, I've never seen anybody do that from a referee standpoint or even playing in high school. I've seen people break legs, break arms. I've seen ribs being broken. I've seen things like that that make more sense, you know, given the sport. Uh, never like that. And me, I wasn't even watching that game. I was I was watching a golf instruction video and I was just scrolling through Instagram and I just saw it. I thought it was fake until I just see it, seeing it come up. The, uh, you know, I'm thinking it was a concussion. I didn't think it was that. So I'm like, oh, he got a concussion. I was like, the tackle, it didn't look like it was, you know, that bad of a tackle for it to happen that way. And <clears throat> you get more details and it was like, yo, like that was really severe. And so it's just... It's just scary to know that something like that could happen. Just, you know, whether you were in the play or just on the backside of the play, it could have happened to anybody. So I'm just, I'm thankful that he's okay more than anything. 
and that he's progressing. And, you know, whether, <clears throat> like you said, whether he plays again or not, I think that as far as the NFL and that Bills organization, whoever they had on their sideline, I'm thankful for them because they, they didn't act in fear. They didn't get nervous and they, they handled it appropriately because those 10 or 15 seconds, however long, however long it took to get him back to breathing, probably saved his life. Because if you panic at that moment, and nobody knows what to do, and you don't even thinking about don't even think about getting back together. He could have literally died on the field. So my head is off to everybody, you know, with that training staff. And I know it's not about money, but all of them deserve a bonus. And <laughs> and that just lets me know if you know if the NFL doesn't have this, they should have you know training and protocol on those type things because now we know things like that can happen. That need to be something that's at like the forefront going forward because. Like I said, you didn't even have to be involved with the play. We thought it was a concussion, and he was, you know, whole heart stop. So we, you know, going forward, that's that's something I would like to see happen or initiative being pushed to make sure that the player is okay at you know at any given circumstance. I appreciate those words, Kurt. Um, last but definitely not least, Alex. Uh, I know you being in the band in high school, being in the band at Campbell University, and playing at the football games, playing at the basketball games. I'm sure you have your experience as well. We're seeing probably some pretty traumatic injuries because, I mean, it, playing in the sports that you, you know, you attended and that you played for, they're, they're big, strong, fast guys doing a lot of movements. So, I mean, you give me give me your insight from, from a person that has has that experience seeing a bunch of sporting events as well. Um, well, you know, I've been I've been blessed that, you know, when I've been attending these sporting events as a band member, and I've never seen somebody, you know, suffer such an injury. But I do remember that when I was in middle school, my cousin, who is about, I think, about seven or eight years older than me, um, it was the first football game I've ever attended ever. Um, and he broke his leg, and the whole crowd stopped, like shattered his leg. He had been able, he had to go to the ambulance or go to the hospital right after. So um, that was the first injury I've ever seen live. Now, for DeMar Hamlin, I will never forget where I was at. I was looking at the game. I was actually warming up some ramen because I wasn't feeling too well. And just like everybody else, I thought he had a concussion. I thought, you know, I was going back to the tour situation where he stumbled. I thought it was some of the same thing. And to find out that he had a cardiac arrest, like, all you can think about, at least for me, is what if that was somebody that I knew? Because we do have a league in football where most of the guys look like us, um, and and you just your heart goes out to them. I can't imagine what his family's thinking about. I'm just glad that he's awake. I'm glad that he is functioning to the point where he can feel his legs, he can feel his arms, his, his extremities. Um, we haven't heard anything about maybe brain trauma or anything. Um, so those are all blessings. I can't, like I said, I can't imagine what his mother, what his father, his siblings must feel right now. Um, but my heart goes out to them and my prayers will continue to be lifted up to them. But all I can say at this point is, you know, thank Jehovah that he is still with us because that could have gotten really bad, really fast. Um, there have been injuries from the beginning of football where people haven't been the same or haven't, or, you know, man, passed away. And I'm just glad that that's not something that happened to him because he's our age. He's 24 years old. He has so much life to live, and I'm glad that he has that life still in him. I'm really 
I don't, I'm still speechless about what happened because it just happened so fast. I think it took the breath out of America. I really did. Yeah, man, it definitely did. And uh, uh, like, like you guys all mentioned so, so grandly, man, we're just grateful that, you know, that the CPR team was there and available. Um, the, the, the specific trainer on the bill staff that did give him CPR that was, that was important to saving his life, Mr. Denny Kellington. We definitely want to give Mr. Denny Kellington a salute and a shout out for being there, being on, being uh, available, being on his job, having the correct certifications, being able to do that. Uh, I, just, just real quick, I want to tell a story as well. You know, uh, when we were at Campbell, uh, we were in the gym playing basketball one day. It was a pretty hot day, you know, and. Uh, I was hooping with one of one of one of the homies, man, dude named John, and he has a heart condition. He has a heart condition where he has to have like a a, a heart monitor on him all the time. And uh, it was really hot in the gym, man. The gym we were hooping in doesn't get good circulation, and he ended up like having an event where he passed out in the gym. And you know, I'm just I, I just thank God that I was there. I thank God that Sterling, one of my coworkers, was there because. We're both we were both CPR certified at the time, so we were able to get the AED, help him out. Man, like you guys all stated, man, it seemed like stuff just stopped. Like no one remembered what the score was, nobody cared what the score was, nobody cared about anything. It's just like, yo, our man is going down. Like, what's going on? We got to get him some help. We were going to call the ambulance. We were going to do everything we needed to do to make sure he was okay. So it's just, man, it. And a lot of things that a lot of people have mentioned is it puts life into perspective for you as well. You know, like life is a precious thing. You only have one life. So it just, it really shows the importance of a lot of things. And at the end of the day, the sport is not that important. So truly definitely wanted to just mention that. I appreciate all the words you guys gave. Uh, you know, a lot did go in to ensuring DeMar Hamlin had the greatest chance of survival. Like I mentioned, Mr. Kellington was there on on, uh, on spot to make sure that he got him. So uh, just another question I got for you guys, who or what was an area of success in your opinion uh, during that situation? I, I know, Kurt, you mentioned the CPR team being there. I know the first responders. Uh, just going back to you, Kurt, start with you. What was a, a major area of success during that situation, how they handled it. How do you? How, what do you guys feel about that? Uh, like yeah, back to the entire training staff, even down to the individual that gave him the actual CPR. To to keep the main thing there is to keep your nerves together to be able to do everything that you're trained to do in that moment. Because at that moment, training goes out the window. You in live action. So right. I appreciate them being trained appropriately and having enough life experience to be able to handle something so severe. So the win is obviously the player is the win because he's still alive. But the people that played a part in that definitely was a was a major win because they showed poison a pressure field situation and they got the job done. They did what they were supposed to do to at least get him to a place where they could get him to a legitimate facility and get him off the field. So that's that's plain and simply put, that's the win on both ends. What about you, Reese? What you thinking, man? Of course, the win has to go out to uh, first Demar, um, his strength and everything going on right now. Uh, the kid's fight is is miraculous, man. Um, for something like that to happen so sudden, 
and, and no one's really ready or prepared for that. So obviously you got to give it out to the training staff and uh, those particular hands that were there that day that saved that, much, yeah, that young man's life, honestly. Uh, you got to give it out to them. Um, to athletic trainers all around the world, you know, there's so many sports teams, so many different sports going on here and there. You got to give it up to every athletic trainer who is really on their on their A game every day, because like we know, like that scenario, maybe it's a once in a lifetime chance. Maybe it's not, but that's not an everyday scenario. You got to be ready for things like that. And to be a professional, uh, I think it just calls upon you to be to be ready for thing, you know, for anything that could happen. So applaud to the professionalism that happened that day uh, for those for those people that were there. Appreciate that, bro. Um, coming to you, Alex, uh, what do you think, man? What are you thinking of a, what was a win in that whole situation, man? Um, I, The Bills uh, medical team, that, those were the biggest successes. They they actually won one for me um, to save that man's life because like everybody is saying, all the reports, that man was out. He was out cold. His heart had stopped, literally stopped right after the after the hit, so for those those uh, first responders, um, from the the medical team to the ambulance team that took him to the hospitals, and now to the people that were actually getting and able to get his heart working, I want to give them all my deepest thanks. Um, and you know, last but not least, for Demar, I it's not a lot of people that I know, um, and not even trying to get the attention away from him, but you have to be a soldier to survive something like. You have to be one of God's strongest. You have to be chosen out from the man above to say, I'm not going to let you fall right now. This is not your time because cardiac arrest is no laughing matter. Um, most people, unfortunately, my grandmother died from cardiac arrest. Um, she was in no, nowhere near the shape that DeMar was in, but that's just to let everybody know how serious that can be. It's not just a heart attack. It's life or death. This is a life or death situation. This is Lights on or lights off. And God chose him to be the strongest vessel for today. So deepest prayers going, still going out to him. We'll continue to go out to Lamar. Um, and deepest prayers and congrats to um to the medical staff of the Bills. Um, they do deserve a raise. They saved somebody's life on Monday. They deserve a raise. I know it's not about money. We're not going to get into that. But I do hope that that's something that's going to come their way because you can learn what you can learn in the classroom, but when it's in person, when it's all the marbles are pushed to the center and they're saying, okay, well, not marbles, chips are pushed to the center, they're like, okay, here, here is the task, and you go out and execute, you deserve a reward for something of that magnitude. So deepest prayers to put DeMar. Um, he's a soldier of the highest order, and I can't wait to see what, what else life has in store for him. Henry, what you thinking, man? What do, what do you feel in terms of that question? You muted, bro. Can you hear me? Yeah. I have to agree with everything everybody said on the Zoom call. Um, hands down, the staff was pivotal in saving this young man's life. Um, I definitely want to shout out, you know, being and having been an offensive coordinator, having had been a coach for a significant period of time, I got to shout out, you know, Coach McDermott and the way the organization handled this, this situation. Um, I have to give praise 
in this regard for how they handled the immediate need to get him to the hospital because I do have my apprehensions about the Bills organization and every other organization in this league. And I'll talk a little bit about that later on in today's uh, in our conversation. But I do need to give them uh, the much owed, you know, homage for how they responded, their swiftness ensuring that uh, Brother Hamlin was safe. He was he was given the attention and services that he needed right on time. Um, it broke my heart to see his teammates like that. You know, I'm talking about guys from Diggs to Josh Allen. Like it, it broke it broke my heart to see guys weeping the way they were in such unprecedented, uncertain times. You know, we're so I'm so grateful that we have a sense of certainty now that things are looking more positive than they are negative. But I can tell you in that moment, it was great to see Coach McDermott step up. He proved, he showed, leading that organization, guiding the players, guiding the Bills team through that uncertain situation. He guided them in such a way that speaks to him as being a head coach. You know, I don't ever want that level of responsibility. I would love to be a head coach, but I don't ever want to have to be in that type of situation. So. Right. And I I agree with you guys, everything you guys have said wholeheartedly. I, I want to specifically shout out to both teams as well. Uh, both coaches, how they handled that situation, because a lot of people were saying it's just a regular injury. And typically when injuries happen, the game continues, but just seeing like Henry mentioned how, Shaking up both teammates, both teams were, uh, especially his teammates. Uh, Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor just met in the middle of the field and just said, hey, man, this this doesn't need to continue. And I, I also want to tip my hat surprisingly to the NFL and to Roger Goodell, because I know early on they were looking to try to plan a time to reschedule the game. But, man, they, they didn't need to reschedule the game. Uh, just canceling it will be fine and just working around it because it, it wasn't necessary. And this is why I also feel the NFL needs to look at shortening their season. I know uh, social media, a lot of people on social media laugh about, oh, what if the NFL had an 82-game season? But to be honest, 17 games is, is too many, with, along with the three wild card games, along with the three or four playoff games, 24, 25 games, maybe. I didn't even mention the Pro Bowl. Some of these guys are playing in 24, 25 games if they play in every game. So, that is just too much trauma on the human body. Human body is not built to run 20, 30 miles an hour into each other. So I, I, I know, like that do take a toll after a while. You got to think to play at that level and that intensity right. for 20 games. That's a lot. And that's not even, that's not in 365 days. That's in this, like five, six month period, whatever that's it what is. So that's a lot. So even if they go to college, let them do like 12 games, like right. cool, whatever, but I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, we talk about it. We talk about it at the league as if like, like right. We're seeing somebody in Tom Brady, right? Prime example, Tom Brady has played what? 23 seasons now? 20. Yep. Next season will be 23. If I'm not mistaken. Like 2000, yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's played a lot of seasons, right? He's played 20 plus in the league. 20 plus. That's 20-plus in the league on top of what he played 
in college on top of what he played in high school. So he's virtually given 30 years of his life to football. You know, the type of wear and tear you experience after giving five years to football, 10 years to football, like you can only imagine to see. And unfortunately for Tom, Tom is in a position that's more protected than other positions. right? Right. But it still does not negate the fact that any player who plays outside of the quarterback position is more susceptible to collisions, more susceptible to contact than even the quarterback position is. Right. You know, and so we're we're looking at it and we need to truly, truly comprehend what it would be to elongate this season. I appreciate what they did with cutting down the preseason a little bit. I appreciate that the, the Pro Bowl is no longer a contact sport game. They're just doing like a you get together, you hang out with the Pro Bowl. There's no Pro Bowl game anymore. Right. But adding that extra game onto the regular season does only one thing and that gives franchises more money that does nothing for the players right okay that's one extra game one more extra game that they can you know chase their incentives but in reality how many players get that option to chase incentives what 15 percent of the league 20 percent of the league you can't tell me demar hamlin's contract had an incentive on it yeah, I, I believe still, they said he was like a fourth or fifth round draft pick, and he was filling in for Micah Hyde at the safety spot. So go, kind of what you're saying about the quarterback position versus other positions, his whole job is to inflict pain being a, uh, right. either a strong or free safety. So he doesn't so, he doesn't have that protection. He doesn't, yeah. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of there's a, he's a six-round pick in 2021's draft. He was in his his second year right now. Wow. So there's a significant, significant risk that he's taking to play these level of games. So. Hey, to piggyback off of what you're saying, I didn't play Henry. I didn't play um, any type of competitive football. Um, except maybe like intramural flag, but we're not even going to talk about that right now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like going back to what you guys have been saying, these people have been playing football since little tight, eight, nine, seven, eight, nine years old, all the way until you retire, which is like 35. You can't tell me that there's not some type of trauma or extra baggage you're going to have. It might not show up when you retire, but it might show up a few years down the line, um, hinting at a CTE type of issue. I agree with Darius. I think they should look to shorten up the season. I really do because if I had a child and he's playing football, I'm looking at the game. I'm enjoying being at the game, but it makes you want to think like you're practically praying to God every every play down, every play, every down that please protect my baby. Like that's when I don't have kids, but I I have a nephew and I have a niece. Um, if my nephew's out playing football like he's wanting to do. I'm every down. Yes, I'm cheering you on, but I'm also praying to God that nothing happens because it can. That's a freak accident that will happen on Monday. That can happen at any time. That can happen when you're home. You can tear your ACL taking a wrong step. Um, and these guys are mega humans. We're regular humans. We're walking around. Uh, we go to the gym. We take care of ourselves. But these guys are benching 500 pounds. They're running 20, 25 miles per hour. They're colliding into each other 
I mean, basically, the, anything below the neck is free game. Your neck, if you if you break your neck, I mean, that can be, be the end of your life in, in, in a sense. And these guys are like superhuman, super – the Gronk, 6'6", 280. Um, Aaron Donald is like if, – if Aaron Donald was fighting the bear, I'd probably try to help the bear a little bit, you know? Like these are mega giants running into each other all night. And these freak accidents can really happen, man, and it's really scary for not only uh, people that have kids out there, but for your brothers or, you know, for your brothers, your dad might be out there, your uncle may be out there. This is a scary uh, reality. Yeah, bro. Honestly, bro, if, I, if, if I'm Commissioner Goodell and this might, like, you guys might frown at me when I say this, but I would take a long, hard look at maybe – shortening the regular season to either 14 or 15 games. And if they want to recoup that money, I say add another playoff team. Make make eight teams from each conference go to the playoffs. You go back to the 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 first and second round, first and second seed, get that first round by. Third versus eight, fourth versus seven, fifth versus six. That way you still get that that you still get that extra revenue because we'd rather much see playoff football than a week 18 game where it's where it's uh <laughs> Colt McCoy versus Marcus Mariota's backup. And we'd much rather see playoff football. Make it a 14, 14 week season, 14 games. They still get that bye week. So it'd be 15, 15 weeks and just add another playoff team. Cut down the, the preseason to, to three weeks, two games. That's all they need because they already do the inner, inner team scrimmages, anyways. So I don't see why the. 18th game the 18th week was added for a 17th game it just it doesn't make sense to me and this has been the most injuries that have happened in the season ever right they should have been filled with it I, I i was listening to skip and shannon the other earlier this week shannon sharp said this has been i believe it's been like 41 starting quarterbacks in the league this year 40 40 41 different starting quarterbacks in the league this year that just shows you that quarterbacks are still getting injured I mean, I mean, when you think about it, it doesn't sound crazy. Miami started three. The the Panthers have started three to four quarterbacks. I mean, teams have been going through positions like crazy. The the Broncos started two or three quarterbacks. Like it, it's just it, it's that's only three teams. It's already eight different starting quarterbacks. So it's like I just man, they need to take a long hard look at at shortening the regular season. And if they want to recoup that money, just extend the playoffs, man. We'd much rather see healthy players in the playoffs, teams at their best. That's what we want to see as fans. And we also just want to see as humans, see other humans not limping, not leaving in, in stre- on stretchers, not leaving in ambulances, not having to get carried to the, you know, just, just carried off the field. It's just, it's something bad, man. They really need to look at that. And, and that kind of just segues right into my next question. I'll actually uh, let Alex leave this one off. What's your opinion of the safety in, in the NFL today? I know you had mentioned earlier two was numerous concussions. Uh, I, I Better yet, let's go to the Commander Brothers. Actually, let's start with them. Uh, I'll go with Reese first, Alex, and I'll come back to you. Reese, what is your opinion on, on the safety in the NFL now, man, with two his injuries, with just the, the turf fields? I know we've talked about that earlier on episodes, the, the lower body injuries. What's your opinion on that? Um, so for the NFL to be a billion, trillion, whatever, a mega 
industry. I think they need to invest more in their player safety and and not even monetarily, you know, because they could throw a couple of dollars at, at something and say that they're, they're fully vested in something. But also, I, I think that just they just don't care. Uh, I, every player on their team is just another buy. I know they say the average life, the average uh, play for NFL or average time for NFL player to be in the NFL is around two to three years, right? And to be fully vested in the NFL, you got to play at least what four years before you get a pension. So I, I think the turnaround is too much. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, it's a job, and you know they're they're billion dollar athletes or million dollar athletes or whatever. But I think I don't think the NFL is fully vested in their player safety. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a, that's a concern, you know, I mean, this, this chance, this instance has proven that they, uh, they have the right people, uh, the right equipment and the right uh, processes in place uh, to save someone's life at a moment's notice. But I also think on the back end, I don't necessarily think that they're taking care of their players. Uh, turf, we as we all know, if we ever played on turf, Turf is not the best thing in the world. It's the cheapest. You know, you don't have to maintain it as much. But to turf is not the best thing to play. Uh, most injuries happen on turf versus grass. Uh, and I just think that it's always going to come down to money. Um, obviously, the NFL is going to always try to save a penny wherever they can save a penny. But if you truly cared about who is playing for you or who is making you, who is making these owners billions and billions of dollars, I think I think there's a lot more that can be done. Now, granted, the game itself is what it is. You know, uh, they can put rules and regulations on how players to hit and and everything like that. But football, as we know, is is the most one of the most, if not the most, violent games to play, right? And so there's an, obviously a coherent thing there that your safety is obviously I mean if if you're going to play football at any age and if you don't contemplate your own safety then that's I, that, that's, I mean that, I think you should before you take that step before anybody takes that step in the playing football I think they should always think about the dangers of playing football you know uh, and that was I think that was the reason why I didn't I didn't play football until I was what eighth grade Seventh grade, I was in the seventh grade. I was like twelve years old. Uh, I didn't, I didn't think about playing football mainly because you know of the dangers. And I think living with my mom, I think that was the biggest thing. If I had lived with my dad, I probably been playing football since I was like when I was like nine. But uh, I don't know. I think this. I think all in all, the NFL needs to be more vested and not just monetarily in their player safety more than they have been in the past. I agree with that, bro. Uh, that's that was tremendously stated, man. Uh, turf is is definitely something. <laughs> turf. Yeah. I, we we played our. Uh, I know Alex mentioned not to talk about flag football, but man, I feel like I was a flag football superstar at Campbell. We played our flag football championship on turf, bro. When I tell you, I got off that field, my shins hurt so bad, man, and it was cold. It's like running on concrete, concrete with heat, bro. I bro, it's Could it's so that. bad, and there's so many injuries that just come from turf versus grass, and it, and then you've seen so many players. T- it's like it's crazy to think that ACL tears are like a normal thing now. 
Like, right. it hasn't always right. been a normal thing. It's not right. normal. Like, in, in they're like, oh, I wonder why. It's it's turf, bro. Like, there's no give in turf. And when they plant and, and you get hit, or even when you plant and you don't pick up, like, it's, it's a lot of things that can happen easily because of, let's make a budget cut. Let's let's save a couple thousand on treating some grass every now and again. Like, come on, man. Hey, you know what's crazy, man? Back in the day, ACL tear used to be career ending. Career oh, ending. Career ending. He's been performing on ACLs a Jokers thousand a... times over more than bro, they are. Bro, bro, back in the seventies, a Joker tears ACL. Oh, we got to find a new tackle. Right, like, bro, it's, it's, it's but no it was rare. Back. It was rare. It was like a, it was like a, oh, yeah. like a freak accident. Now it's like, a, oh, he just tore his ACL. He'll be back. Yeah, he tore. He'll be back nine months. Ten He'll months. Be back in like nine, ten months. Yeah. Yeah. Going like, back to the late eighties, early nineties, Achilles tears were career enders too. Right. I can yeah. only think of one person, uh, Dominique Wilkins. I'm, I'm going back to basketball here, but especially for football, I, the only person I can think of back in the day that tore their Achilles and came back was Dominique. Everybody else that tore their Achilles, your career was over. It didn't matter what sports you played, football, yeah. basketball. You see guys tear their Achilles now, nine, ten months they back. Because Shaq Barrett tore his this season. He's going to be back next season. It, it's yeah. just, it just, man, it's crazy, man. I think the uh, the first time I went to a NFL game was the Redskins versus the Vikings. And it was the same game that A.J. Peterson tore his ACL mm. on turf. Nice. It was the very first game I ever went to. And it was the same game that AJ Peterson tore. And it was the season before he had almost 2,000 yards rushing. But, I mean, not everybody can come back from that type of What? We're talking. Six months. Right. We're talking like, AJ Peterson was a freak. We're not talking about him. Like, everybody, one out of every 10 might can bounce back like that. I'm speaking from experience, man. I was, I came into college, boy, I was windmilling, going crazy athletically, bro. I tore my joint, never mm. got my athletic. You was the last time you ever windmill. Last time. That's how you ever grab a rim. You were yeah, like, yeah. oh. Bro, I don't yeah. even try to dunk now, bro. Uh, I'm so crazy. scared, bro. It's, it's crazy, bro. Man. It's real crazy. Man, bro. Alex, uh, I, I didn't want to skip uh, skip you. I want to get your opinion as well, bro, about the safety in the NFL. What, what would you think of that? Oh, I think there's – going back to Reese, Reese made great points. Um, being in the band, if I – if I, I it's been times where I've messed my knee up trying to practice something because we're on the turf. And you can feel the difference. Band is way less contact than football. It's not even close. If I can imagine what it's like running into a, a superhuman – it's six four two thirty, and compared to what I'm doing, and I can I can feel it in my knee if I tweak something on turf versus the grass. So, hey, that boy Alex, you know I mean? me, that boy Alex got me weak. He <laughs> talk about he talk about band as if like you got to square up before you get your instrument or hey, something. Hey, like, nah, you got to run that you got to run that fade before you catch that clarinet, homeboy. Like what? Like, hey man, look, run that fade. Maybe that junk is, bro. No, like, maybe run into a a super well. It don't feel nothing like football, but you get what I'm saying. But turf, turf feel, turf ain't like friendly to anybody. Yeah, I mean, any type of tweak. But I mean, if, if I'm trying to tackle you, Henry, I'd rather try to tackle you on turf. I ain't gonna really do it. Man. You might just run right over me, but I don't feel safer on grass than turf. That's basically what I'm saying. Right. But uh, 
I think that we should take it a step further. I feel like anytime an organization shows us how they feel about a player, we need to go ahead and leave them where they at. Go ahead and just strip them of their powers. And I'm going back to the Tua situation. Everybody knows that he shouldn't have been on the football field after that first hit. And they put him back out there the same game, actually. And then they turn around and put him back out there four days later. God was looking out. Obviously, God is saying, Tua, this is not your last fight because that's what it took. That man was out cold on the field. So I think that we need to go all the way up, not just to the to the doctor that uh, released him because, yeah, the, yeah, that doctor said, okay, he's good to play, but somebody had to give that doctor the okay higher than him. And we need to go ahead and release them too. If, that, if you want to show the players in the NFL, hey, we care about you, we stand with you, we're not just going to give you this buku money and tell you, oh, but you're good enough to play when we know that you're not. And everybody, it doesn't take a football genius to see that Tua didn't need to be out there. I'm, and I feel like, you know, the, the Bills saw what we saw and they took the necessary precautions. But it kind of hurts my heart to have to say that if t- the Tua situation didn't happen, I'm not so confident that the Bills would have done what they needed to do. Um, and I don't think that we need to see one bad egg say, oh, we need to do right this time. No, you need to do right the first time and keep it doing right so when we see these types of situations when we see an organization show their true colors when they say when we see them treat players as dollar signs numbers instead of actual human beings we need to weed these people out we need to go ahead no social media you don't need social media to fire somebody treat it like you would treat a racist uh, situation treat it like you would treat it a sexual dis, uh, misconduct situation these are human beings so if you see something wrong, Roger Goodell, you need to go ahead and nip that in the bud. If you see another uh, organization not willing to treat their um, their players like a human being, go ahead and get them out of here. We don't need that. That's how you keep the league safe, and that's how you ensure trust in the league, in my opinion. I truly agree with that, bro. And it was, it's even a situation with you and Reese's team, the commanders, man. Uh, they, they need to do something with that owner, man, because he doesn't seem to have – his players' best interests at heart sometimes either. So I, I definitely agree with you on that point, bro. I do too, man. Uh, uh, Kurt, uh, we come to you next, man. What's your opinion on the, just the safety and everything of the league uh, currently? Um, I think the NFL as a whole is possibly a, a selfish organization as it pertains to like, like front office and everything like that with the owners, GMs, the people that make the say-sos and, you know, have all the votes. And I think it's a selfish league because everything is money-driven, which is why you see all the turf fields. If it was – we knew turf fields were this big of an issue. I'm pretty sure they had these conversations we're having. Just as plain and simple, they don't care because it's not them. You know, all they worried about is they can have a football game Sunday, have a concert Monday, have a rodeo Tuesday, and they just made $145 million, you know, on, on off days that ain't even a football game. That's all they really care about. So it's uh I think the safety is gonna continue to to suffer because they'll never see it as a you know a benefit we trying to benefit the players is all about what the pocket is and what the revenue is for that for that specific organizational facility that they're using. And as far as player safety within the game, like I'm a realist. It's you know, football is a gladiator sport. So some things you're just not gonna avoid. You can get them the best helmets, the best pads, the best everything. 
I don't care how big or strong you are. If somebody get leverage on you and you don't know what's coming, they'll not they'll knock you in the next week. Like it's just a part of the game. That's that's a sport that you can't protect as much as you want to. And even the old school football players, they're calling football soft now. We're talking about injuries now. So just think about what it was thirty years ago. You know, it 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 was rough, and it's certain things that you're not going. You know, you not. It's not going to change in certain aspects. We understand that, but the things that we can eliminate, like the ACLs and all these other tears we having, just off of the field, I think those little things will go a long way. You know, because it's it's something that you can control. It's it's not it's not looking like you're just catering to money. And as far as you know, the best helmets, the best shoulder pads, like I said, I don't care what you put on. If Julius Peppers catch catch you lacking, it's it's over with. If 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 you get if Cam Chancellor catch you lacking, it don't matter what you got on, he might knock it off you. Like you know what I'm saying? That's a grown man. So it's like that aspect as far as safety, it ain't no safety to that. It ain't gonna happen. Like you got a quarterback like you got a quarterback like two of that to put your horns right and see Cam Chancellor coming down and throw you a quick slant and get your wig split. It don't matter what you got on. It's it's all about, you know controlling what you can't control. And I think the football field, number one, would be a thing because we wouldn't have so many concussions with the head hitting the ground. The, a regular grass field is not as hard as a turf field. We know that it's not a slab of concrete under. So what what is a what is a, a concussion now may not be that on a regular field. You know, So it's, it's little things like that. It's, it's so much things that you won't change, but the little things that you do change can make a big difference. And I don't think that they care enough to even – you know, consider those things because one, now you got to pay somebody to take care of the field. You got to really go out there and, and manicure this field and take more time to do it. And they, they'd rather have their time to give it away. That's essentially like what it is. Last but not least, Henry, let me, let me get your opinion on uh, just safety and everything in the NFL now, bro. Um, I, I have to agree with everybody on the call. Uh, I think you made a great point, Alex, talking about, uh, whether or not there would be certainty around handling this situation correctly had there not been other significant injuries this year. And I have the same sentiment, man. I, You know, it's hard for me to say that the league would have responded this swiftly had something like Tua's situation not taken place, had folks not been calling out um, when Sterling Shepard tore his ACL on a non-contact injury or, you know, some of the other things that we've seen take place in this league this year. But what I can say is this, I think in this instance, we're looking at the design and the structure of the organization just as much as we're looking at the situation that took place. And I like to think that the Buffalo Bills organization is a from top to bottom, truly well-structured organization that has the pieces and components in place to ensure something like this doesn't happen. Or if it does happen, they act swiftly, right? You can see in some of those organizations, the Miami Dolphins organization is still fairly, you know, like the people in that organization are fairly new. Like you got a lot of people in new roles, you know, so there's still a lot of acclimation that needs to happen to the 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 job. Right. We I can't guarantee that, you know, they haven't had turnover or transition in, in that front office. But I am saying that with consistency and success, I think, comes that level of commitment that a Buffalo Bills organization can provide that we may not be getting in Miami as of right now. So, you know, I don't know. 
I don't know what it concerns the safety of the league. The safety of the league is interesting, right? Because I think the league prioritizes safety when they want to prioritize safety. When the league doesn't care about safety, it is not their concern and they move forward. And so we need to, similar to what Reese and Kurt were saying, hold this league to a standard, hold this league to an expectation as fans to ensure that who we're rooting for and who we're standing beside gets a chance to play each and every week, right? We also need to be able to uh, – the, like, the players need to be able to hold the league accountable too, right? My question is now, because we can't be the only ones having this conversation, I think the whole world is having this conversation around whether or not the NFL is safe or, safe or not. And I think the players' union is going to be in a really, really good position – to make some significant changes if they get together, if they create a plan, if they galvanize and they go up there and have these conversations with these owners. But what will happen is I think we'll see these owners push back hard when it comes to what the demands are. And that will determine what organization truly cares for the players versus what organization truly cares for the money. And I can almost guarantee you, you can point out the organizations that are going to be against the players who want to see this change come off season. I can almost guarantee you, I'm not going to call out some white face names, but I will tell you it's a couple of white faces who's going to have a lot to say as to why they don't believe they need to make these changes. And that's the sad part. If I'm a player, if I'm a like, player, something like is simple, something is simple, you know, well, something you know, is probably like the length of it. And I just think that even something as simple as having like mandatory rep counts for players in practice, or you instead of you giving random off weeks to like bye weeks to ensure that you have a game played every week, just have one week where nobody plays for recovery. Do something like that. Like something as simple as that, at least let me see you trying. Like y'all ain't got nothing in play. Exactly. And like I said, they probably don't want to. And like Henry said, you'll see who really don't want to because they're gonna start giving you data from their organization versus the league as a whole and say, Well, our team is not having issues with injury, da da da. It'll be a reason why. It'll definitely be a reason why they don't want to change. But you know, we'll we'll definitely see. Yeah, man. It's just it's a sad thing, man. It's a sad thing because like you guys have all mentioned, uh, the product is the players. The product is them being on the field. So why not put them in the best situation to put out the best product? So we want to keep coming and doing the team. So, um, last but not least, though, there was just one other question I truly had for you guys. I just wanted to kind of like just get your opinion on this, uh, uh, specifically for the former players and Alex and I as well that didn't play. I do want to kind of just get our get you guys' opinions on it. Uh, having been removed from the game for so long, regardless of when the last time you guys have played, uh, if given the chance, would you go back and play football? And what's your stance on maybe a young person in your life or maybe just a young person that you call a, a friend or if they came to you as a former player and just asked like, hey, I'm thinking about playing football. What would you say? And 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 Reese, I want to go with you first because you mentioned something earlier that was that that kind of uh, resonated with me. You saying about that was one of the reasons why you were hesitant at first. And with you playing a position running back slash fullback that gets hit a lot, you guys typically take a lot of the the beatings. You know, a lot of the poundings for uh, for football teams. I kind of want to just get your opinion on that first off. Like being removed, would you go back and? a younger person, if they came to you asking for your opinion on it, what would you give them? 
So I'll start off by saying I originally uh, I didn't play much sports when I was younger. Uh, I grew up with my mom and my sister. And, uh, you know, I didn't really have a, a hunger to because I wasn't around my brothers. You know, I wasn't around my, my dad or anything. So until my seventh grade years when I first started playing football, I, don't, I really don't know what it is, man. And, and maybe, it's, maybe it's just seeing other people with my skin color uh, being as, as truly successful as they can be playing something that's fun. Like, I can't argue the fact that football is fun. Football is fun. Like, from the first day I stepped on the field to the last moment I, I played my last, football has been fun, man. Would I ever do it again? Yeah. <laughs> As dangerous as it is, as much as we know how dangerous it is, how much, you know, whatever, I, I, would, I would definitely play football again. I would take those steps to play football again. Would I <clears> – <throat> so so you talk about a younger person playing football. Would I allow my son to play football? Allow is 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 tough because if he came to me and said, Dad, I really want to play football, I'm going to let him play football. But would I push him to play football? Is that something like I really want for my son? No, I don't know because of the dangers of what it is, you know. And I'm just thinking about does my did my mom really want me to play football? As dangerous as it was, and the safety concerns, she really wanted me to play. She probably didn't want me to play football, man. My brothers play football. My dad played football. She, you know, she she saw them play football, and I'm the youngest. Does she really want me to? She probably didn't, you know, but. I will certainly go back and play football. Speaking to the younger players, younger people who are either starting or getting into football as we go, uh, I would just tell I would just tell them, man, like uh, take care of yourself, because there's a lot of people, even some head coaches. You know, when you when you're going to college, recruit getting recruited for college and stuff like that. Not, I mean, a lot of them. I would say a good portion of them are are vested in you. Are, are really caring about where you go in life, but a lot of them aren't, man. A lot of them are, are are really vested in where they're going, you know, how they can advance their career, you know. So I would just say take care of yourself first, first and foremost. Always contemplate what could happen next because you never know what could happen next, you know. Um, <clears throat> it's tough. Like, we, we do things that we love. Why do we love it? Because it brings us joy. All right, football has always brought me joy. Um, playing sports in general has always brought me joy, but football will always be the number one love of my life as far as where it got me, um, as far as the friends that I've made, as far as the people that I've met, as far as, far as the motivations that it, it brought me through life. You know, I don't think I would be where I am today or who I am today without football. You know, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't, but I, I doubt it because uh, – a lot of the experience that I have came from playing, practicing, and enjoying football. So, yeah, this is my stance on that. I appreciate that, bro. Hey, and uh, salute, mom. Dukes for letting you play, bro. Yeah, that's my fullback, y'all. <laughs> uh, coming, coming in next, Kurt. Uh, same question, man. Uh, being removed from playing football for so long, if you had the chance, would you go back and play? And a young person that's coming to you kind of similar asking about, like, hey, what do you think I'll be playing football? What would you give them? Honestly, bro, like Reese said, bro, 
you sign up for it knowing what you signed up for, dog. Football was fun to me. I stopped playing football because I left and went to a golf school. I I had an opportunity to go to one of the best golf schools in the country. So I took it and left. But football, I played football since I was old enough to play up until high school. I left my high school my junior year. Football was probably like the most fun I've ever had. And the brotherhood there, you these were already my friends anyway. But you really, it, it teaches you to fight for somebody other than yourself because it's not about you. It's, it's bigger than football when you're on the field. You're not thinking about, you know, somebody can come knock my helmet off. Like, you think about going to do that to somebody else. You know, like, let's be real about it. You think about going to split somebody's wig when you out there. I was I was a, de- I was a defensive tackle. I played one technique, and I was center, and I was kicker. Yeah, so I, I did everything. But it was fun. So when I go back, without question, I wish I could have one more high school football game right now at this age. Put me out there with the youngest. I go get it. You know, like, that's just my mindset, though. Like, my dad played football. He got some of the records at my high school. Like, he went to Livingstone and played football in college. So, of course, I would play football. It was easy. My mom supported it. My mom was a big football fan. She was at every game, and I heard her over everybody. Every game, over everybody. So, the support was there, like the love for the sport was there. And I had a trainer in my dad. He taught me all I knew about football. Techniques, stuff to get away with, uh, everything. And he refereed football, so he knew it from both sides. That's why I started refereeing football too. So when I go back, yeah. And my advice to like a younger person is know that you're not exempt from any of them things that happen. You're not exempt at all. So when you go out there, play every down like it's your last one. That might sound crazy, and coaches tell you that all the time, but do that. like, Because at any point in time, anything can happen to you. So you know that going into that. So like Risa, take care of yourself. Like, Keep your head on the swivel because it will get knocked off if you don't. Like that's just – that's the game. That's the game that was invented. Like, and, you know, people try to take away from the game for what it is. That game is what it is. You know what I'm saying? They built that game for that purpose. Like – it won't be. It won't meant to be no. Oh, don't touch me! It, it won't meant to be that game. It was meant to like show me, like show me that you were man to me. Don't like, don't talk about it. It's, it's that type of sport. So if you're gonna do it, do it. Like don't go in there scared because the scared person is the one to get hurt first. That so that that's just how it is. Like so one like reset. Take care of yourself, and if you're gonna do it, do it. Don't go in there second guessing because you'll put yourself in an even worse situation because you're in a danger zone as soon as you step on the field. I mean, to piggyback off that, I'm sorry. Uh, I remember uh, I only had one concussion in my entire career playing football. I played football from seventh grade to my senior year in college, right? Uh, I had one concussion my senior year. It happened in, in a scrimmage. Having in a scrimmage for my own teammate, right? Uh, quarterback threw a pick. I'm lining up. I think I'm about to go tackle the guy who made a pick, and the defensive end comes taking my head off. Like, come out of nowhere. Like, I swear I didn't see him at all, right? And uh, looking back at the play, I'm just like, like, I was focused. Like, I was focused. Like, I don't think anybody saw me. I was about to go. I was about to go clean him up. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I can always remember what my running back coach told me. He was like, man. He said, and not to be explicit, he was like, that is, that is your fault. That was your fault. Like, you ain't had your head on the swivel. You had, you wasn't really fo- you wasn't really focused out there. It's part you of know? the game, bro. Uh, at the end of the day, there's there's 11 people 
or 10, because when I got the ball, there's 11 people trying to come and clean you up. Man, you got to take care of yourself. Sorry. Sorry. I had to put that on there. Yeah, and awareness is important. Like, I, that's another thing. I would tell them, be aware. As soon as you step on the field, awareness never stops. I don't care if the whistle blows, because there's a lot of late hits that put people in, in bad situations. So if you're gonna do it, do it and be aware. That's that's all. That's all you can tell somebody. Like I'm not gonna tell you not to play a sport that I still enjoy. Right. That's I'm true. not the person to tell you like don't play. Like if my son say, "Yo, pops, I'm trying to play football." Tell me all you know. I will, but I would tell him the same thing I told y'all. Like this is what you signing up for. You know what I'm saying? And if he's second guessing, don't do it. I tell him don't do it because if you that if that's something that you second guessing. You ain't gonna be out there long because the ones that ain't second guessing they're gonna be on your ass every play. <laughs> so you you need to yeah just go with it. And if he want to play, yeah. If he don't, I want him to play golf anyway. So it's cool. <laughs> and see, and see, I was gonna pass it to Alexander, but but hearing Kurt say that, I kind of want to butt in and give my answer real quick. So for me, I stopped playing football <laughs> freshman, <laughs> freshman year, year in high school. You know, That's I went out there for the day. It was raps. And so, um, and so, like, I, I just, I wasn't really with it, man. So, what if I could go back and play? I promise you I would, man. Henry and I have this conversation off air all the time. Looking at the way the game has went, and back then, I always thought I was too small. I always thought I was too skinny to be a receiver. And I wasn't fast enough, but I, I could catch a little bit. And so, seeing how receivers look now, I'm just like, man, I would have been, I was in that mold back then. So if I were to put on maybe 15, 20 pounds of muscle, I'd have been 185, 190. I think I could have been a dog, man. I already had the basketball athleticism. I could jump. I had a little quick twitch back then when I still had both my ACLs. And so I was, man, I could have been somebody, man. So going looking back on it, man, I definitely would have played. That's one of my biggest regrets of high school was not sticking with football because I'd have been on varsity as a freshman. They already told me that, I was I was little Henry. That's what they called me. Little did they know Henry's little Henry. I was little little Henry. So they wanted me on varsity to mold me into their guy. So man, I would have loved the opportunity to experience what y'all have experienced. You know, going through four years of playing football, three years of playing football in high school, maybe even playing on the collegiate level. And uh, in terms of what I would tell a young person, and I mean this wholeheartedly. You're going to play football like they already said. Make sure you're aware. Make sure your head on a swivel. Or learn to kick or learn to throw that joke. Long snapper. Long snap, kick, or get you an arm. You get a man, penalty for getting, if you get a penalty for hitting a long snapper. Like, come on, man. And then if you kick, they got people in the league kicking 25 years. That's a check if you're good. Right. They got quarterbacks playing 15 years. That's the most protected position on the field. So, just be skilled or just, you know, like, like Kurt said, that's something you got to know you want to do. You can't be out there half in, half out. And that was my problem. I was half in, half out. And so you got to, you got to just hundred percent know that's something you want to do. So uh, I'm a, I'm a go to Henry since he formally played and I'm going to ask it the question in a little different for you. Alex. I got a question for you, Bob. Let me ask you. Yes, sir. Do you think, and I think this is a self-evaluation question. So you gotta you gotta think a little bit to yourself. Do you think had you played football, you would have gotten hurt? You would have told your ACL still? No, I don't think so. I, and I can answer that now. I don't think so. And I say that for this simple fact because I feel like my muscles would have been stronger. I feel like sure. I would have been 
I feel like I would have been a lot more flexible. Sure. I feel like that was a, a real issue I had. I've always had tight hips, and I've kind of known that as, like, being a basketball player, I've kind of always had, like, tight hips. And I feel like the training I would have had to do for basketball would have not only made me a better um, – the training I would have had to do for football would have not only made me a better basketball player, but have made my muscles, my tendons a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. And just – no, I don't think so. Mm, I don't believe so. I feel like – Oh man, I just sit back and think sometimes. I'm like, man, if I would have really locked in, I think I could have been nice. I really do. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a question for thought, right? Because I always wanted to be a hooper. You know what I'm saying? And everybody on this call knows I, I'm a bucker getter. I go get a bucket. Hooper, don't, you know what I'm saying? Give me the ball. I go get the bat. I go get that job. He's a hooper. Don't listen. To pure hooper. I'm a bucket getter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but. You know, you know, there's a size factor in football that uh, was beneficial to me that was not beneficial to me in basketball. And so when I think about, you know, would I go back? You know, there are periods of my life where I'm like, yeah, take me back there. But don't take me there. (laughs) Right. Like like in high school, high school, I, I was that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like. You you didn't get many more versatile players with the size, the speed. You know, I was a I was a a, a four six guy, you know, high high four six, but four six nonetheless. You know, that was in that four six nine to four seven three range. You know, so I could get it done. You know, six two, six two and a half, tall kid. I could make some plays. I could do some things. Um. And, you know, when given the opportunities in high school, I got it done, but I was also invested in, you know. So if you're asking me, hey, would you go back to high school and play for coaches that invested in you? Absolutely, you know. Now, if you're asking me would I go back to college to play, I would be a little bit more skeptical. I would say, yeah, I would go back to college to play, but I may not go to my college that I ended up going to. But, you know, I am grateful for the experience, right? Because my college career was lackluster, to say the, to say the least, you know. Um, but, you know, all in all, it was a lesson. It was a blessing. It was an opportunity because, uh, similar to reset, the relationships and the bonds I built, the uh, the friendships I forged are, are you know, non-negotiable. I couldn't, I couldn't trade that in for the world, you know what I'm saying? Like, those those will stay with me. Those will be a part of me for the rest of my life. Like, like my kids are going to go stay at Reese's house and I'm going to leave them there for a while. Like, I'm going to tell them like three days and I'll be back like 10 days later. You know, that's how it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be like, why these kids got all these clothes? Because, you know, when I'm wet to bed, you know, I'm going to give them one of them and then I'll be back 10 days later, you know? So, like I built these relationships. I built these bonds with people that are so close to the game of football, the passion, the fire, the love, the, the lessons that drove me through adversity on the other side of that to a level of success, to a level of presence that I have now, I can't never give up, man. I, so if you ask me, would I go back and play? Absolutely. I'd easily been a quarterback though. I'd have been a quarterback. I'd have been like Cam Newton's overweight brother. 
I definitely I would have I would have gone to go get it. Hey, you can hey, you can ask anybody anybody who know me for real knows I would have been a quarterback. They would have been calling him Ham Newton, huh? Ham Newton, yes sir. <laughs> Ham Newton, <laughs> yes sir, yes sir. I would have went to go get it. You know, you know what I'm saying? So I, I got to I, I would I would definitely take that opportunity to go back. But I've also been in positions where I've gotten a chance to talk with younger folks who want to play this game, younger folks who want to have. Uh, the type of career or better than what I had, right? Because it gets lost on us sometimes, especially guys like me, guys like Reese. It gets lost on us that we were in that 2% of people across the world who got a chance to play college football. Like college football, if you're a college football player at the Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three NAIA level, that's a rare breed of people. Reese had a chance to go prepare for running in front of scouts. I had a chance to go prepare to run in front of scouts. Like that is something that is not easily obtainable, right? Yeah. Maybe we didn't have the stats. Maybe we didn't have, we weren't the Tyron laughing houses. We weren't those big names that were running our team, but because we had something to offer, they tested us to see if we could put ourselves on display. You get what I'm saying? And those are the, those are the moments those are the opportunities that people don't truly see and value from the outside looking in, you know, on the outside, everybody sees it as, Oh, this game is going to take and take and take like, no, this game is, this game is a great sport. This game is a great sport. I think everybody's on, uh, everybody need to go off, go mute, mute. Yeah. I think that's what what might be best. Yeah. I mean, this is a great sport, man. So it's going to be hard for me to tell a young kid not to play. But rather that, I would tell a young kid, here are the pitfalls. Here are the ways that you can get hurt. Here's how you can you mess up an opportunity just as fast as you get it by not paying attention, by not being prepared, right? I was the – man, dog, when I got to college, I was one of the laziest players on the team, bro. I can be a man and tell y'all that in college – I did not live up to the hype. I did not live up to my potential. I did not tap into the level of talent that I possessed. And it showed every single day. I didn't put in the time in the weight room. I didn't put in the time in learning the playbook. I didn't put in time on the field that I should have dedicated because I did not understand that it could, it was so tangible. But I tell you what, you can pick up a phone. You can call any player I have ever coached. The reason why I coach my guys so hard is because I never want another kid to be in that situation. I never want a kid to not be pushed, but know that they're loved, to squandle an opportunity because they just can't see the forest from the trees. You know what I'm saying? Like putting that type of perspective into a kid's vision, into the vision of a young person when it concerns this game is so important to me, dog. And I don't want people to think I was like lazy. You know what I'm saying? Like lazy is like I was in the bed all day. That's not what it was. I just, you know, it's one of those things, man, when you get to college, it becomes a job. And man, when you dog, anybody who's been to college, college is fun, bro. Ain't nobody want to spend time. You know what I'm saying? College is fun, bro. Like, I wanted to be in the mix. I wanted, you know what I'm saying? You, I want to know people. I wanted to party. I, you know, and you, you got to pick one or the other. 
you got to pick one or the other, man. Some folks are gifted with talent and they can do that. I know cats, man, used to go blow down three, four of them before the game and go get 19 tackles. You know what I'm saying? I knew guys who used to go, bro, I'm telling you, like, it go crazy. Three touchdowns, 12 catches. The boy got an interception. You're like, yo, what's happening? I just wasn't that guy. I wasn't that guy. I wasn't living that life, but I just, I was equally as uncommitted to the grind and it showed for me. It didn't show for some guys, you know? And so you have to be committed to the sport. So my stance to younger players is if you're going to play, man, make sure you get into a, a team, get into a system that's going to benefit you, develop you, strengthen you. And man, when you take an opportunity, you take it. Don't just take it and fumble around with it and, you know, uh, no. When you when when an opportunity, opportunity presents itself and it's a moment for you to blow up, you got to blow up to it, dog. You got to blow up to it, dog. Go get it. So take that, take that stuff. There's a saying, like, I mean, it's not just in football, but it's like probably everything in life, right? You don't want to look back on something and say, man, I wish I could have did that differently. Right. There's always an opportunity in front of you that you either take it lightly or you take it with full force. Right. But we're talking about the game of football and and how much fun it is and how great it is to play it and like how much fulfillment it brings us. But when I say take care of yourself, it also means that don't let nobody exploit you. Like the NFL has shown, I mean, over the years, however much you say they've, they invested in their players, you know, and it ain't the coaches. It's the owners. It's the organization that will exploit you. You are a number. You are just, you're really just a number to them. And it shows, you know, they don't have the best uh, <clears throat> policies in place for if someone like a kid like DeMar Hamlin gets injured. What, what is, what is, he gets paid $186,000 this year. Okay, what's next? Like, does he qualify for any benefits? Should that even be a question? Like, is it is it the moment that he steps on the field or is it four years later? Like, when does he really kick in those benefits, right? And, and for such a dangerous sport, should that even be a question, right? So I think at the end of the day, if you're not taking care of yourself regardless, right, even if you're not playing football, like, you, whatever you're doing, like, take care of yourself. Because you can't take care of somebody else if you haven't even first taken care of yourself, right? So you think about having kids or family or whatever. Like, how do you expect to, you know, provide for them if you haven't really truly taken care of yourself, right? So um, football is great and all. Football has brought us all, you know, experiences, life, and joy. But, man, take care of yourself. I truly appreciate you guys saying that, uh, our former football players on the panel, man, that was amazingly said, truly, perfectly said. I don't think we could have gotten anyone to say it any other way. Uh, Alex, I want to pose the same question to you as well, or a similar question, you know, with uh, uh, just being a fan of the game, being a fan of football, if if you could go back and say the, the beginning of high school, the beginning of middle school, and you were offered the opportunity to play again, would you have taken that opportunity? And similar question with a young, with a young uh, family member, friend, anything of that. If they ask you, "Hey, I'm thinking about playing football," what would you? What would be your like? 
what would you tell them? I could, man, to make a long story short, man, if I could go back and attempt to play football, Lord knows I would, bro. Like, I would consider myself a fast kid. I think I could have been a wide out or a slot receiver or even a running back. Um, I, I think I let my fear of what happened to my older cousin back in the day affect me. And if you're saying that, you know, I can go back and learn the game and, and play, I would because I love watching football. I think it's like the second best thing ever next to basketball because that's my first love. So um, I could go back. Lord knows I would. I'd try it and see where, see where it would take me, see where the wind would take me. Um, in response to your second question, if somebody younger than me wanted to play, my favorite thing that I do right now is running a motorcycle 100-plus miles per hour. And most people would say that's dangerous, but I love to do it. So if a younger person is coming to me saying, hey, I want to play football, I love the game, it would be kind of – well, it would be kind of – it would be hypo- hypocritical of me to say, nah, you don't need to do that. too dangerous. If you have a love for something, by all means, go and attack it. But, but as of what I with what I do with, with my hobby, I would tell that young person to make sure that you take all the necessary precautions. Make sure that your helmet is straddled on tight. Make sure that you got your pads on right. Make sure that you're not doing anything out of the ordinary that would cause serious harm to you or to somebody else. Um, and then you know after you do that, go out and have the, the time of your life. Um, we can't live in fear. We can't live in uh, with life with a bunch of what ifs. You know, what if somebody hits me? Uh, what if I get my helmet knocked on, like knocked off? Something may happen. You know, you can't live with those types of negatives. But you know, you can be like, you know, what if I become the very best? What if I get my mom out, uh, get my mom out the hood, or what if I get myself out the hood? What if I make these buku amounts of dollars? You gotta ask yourself those things as much you're asking yourself the negative. So. I'm not going to tell a young person to move out of fear, but if you love something, then pursue it. But make sure that you know what can come with it. Don't think that everything's going to be peaches and cream. Um, sometimes you might get tart strawberries, but if that's the life that you choose, then that's the life that you choose. Amen, bro. And that's 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 basically what we were looking for, man. Just uh, just know what you what you get yourself into, man. Uh, this has been an amazing. Amazing episode, guys. I truly appreciate y'all time. Just talking about such a serious topic, man. I know we did the same for Tua, so we definitely would be remiss if we didn't give DeMar Hamlin his own episode and discuss his fight with the whole situation and him winning at the game of life. You know, so uh, again, I truly appreciate you guys' time, man. Um, if there's anything if there's anything else you guys have, you can go ahead and give final thoughts and, and we can cut it here. Like I mentioned at the beginning, just life is precious, man. Just love your life. You only have one life to live. So uh, I'll leave it for you guys if there's anything else you guys have to say. Real quick, um, Lamar Hamlin gets a $160,000 bonus, and he earns $825,000 this season. He has only been in the league two years, so that means he's not vested. That means there is no true connection for him to be able to access the league's pension. The NFL needs to begin guaranteeing contracts. There needs to be an immediate call for guaranteed contracts to ensure that a player like DeMar Hamlin, who is a high representation of this league, a high representation of this organization, 
is taken care of when he faces an injury such as this. Any and every player moving forward needs the most appropriate form of health care, the most appropriate form of benefit package possible. I believe that as soon as you step into the league, you are owed that because this league has chosen you to be a representation of this organization. Let's do what we can to try to support these athletes. It's time to start helping them. And I think this is a bigger conversation that goes into all sports, right? I won't jump on my soapbox for women athletes in the WNBA and things like that, but it's time for us to do better. So peace and love. It's your favorite OC. It's your boy, Hendog. Check me at Long Live My Rain on Caps. You can also find me at the Capers Cares Foundation on Instagram as well. Love and peace, folks. I'd like to leave everybody with they they raised seven million dollars for his organization. So that's amazing, man. I want to leave with that bit of positive information. So until next time, man, it's the Dynasty. Appreciate y'all for giving us a listen again. Peace.